0: Introducing Mindful Parenting in a Messy World with Michelle Gale. This podcast is for parents who long to be meaningfully connected to themselves and their children, even as the demands of modern life are accelerated. Enjoy a collection of supportive conversations, meditations, and nuggets of practical wisdom to help you embrace the parenting journey as your greatest potential for personal growth Welcome to Mindful Parenting in a Messy World. I'm your host, Michelle Gale, and I am here today with Dana Abraham. Dana is the mother to three totally awesome super kids who inspire her every day to be the best grown-up sidekick they could ask for. When she's not helping her kids conquer the world, she keeps busy by writing at LemonLimeAdventures.com writing books like Sensory Processing, One-on-One, STEAM Kids, and Learn and Play with Lego. And she drinks lots of coffee. She loves getting her hands messy and creating crazy science projects and crafts to keep her super kids at home busy. And before she was a writer, she was a national board certified teacher where she met some of the coolest super kids on earth. And you're hearing this word super kids because she wrote a book recently called Super Kids Activity Guide. Thank you for being with us, Dana. Thank you
1: so much, Michelle, for having me. It's yeah,
0: I, be here. I'm really, we got to talk a little bit before and um, it's really nice getting to know you and and I love that you've made your mission to inspire kids like you to love who they are and embrace their differences. Because as a little girl, you really wish that grownups and other kids saw you as a super kid. Absolutely. I was definitely
1: the quirky kid, the different kid, the one that kids thought were a little strange and grownups weren't quite sure what to think of me either. So, um, and I, and I also grew up arguing with my mom who I absolutely adore and love, but we spent the better part of our life arguing with each Mm. other. And I think it was just because we didn't understand where each other were coming from. And I don't want kids to have to go through that. If I can help parents get closer to their kids and the kids get closer to their grownups, then you know, I know that they can have a better future and better
0: self-esteem. I love that. I love that. And can you give our listeners just a, a little summary on, you know, the type of work you've been doing, like the type of kids that you support and parents that you support overall?
1: Yeah, so on Lemon Lime Adventures, I like to write to both parents and teachers of kids who don't fit in a box. So you read a bunch of parenting books when you first have your first baby and then one of your kids comes along and he just doesn't quite hit all the checkpoints and you try all the positive parenting techniques or you try this one and that one and then nothing seems to work just right. Mm. And you're not sure why your kid is doing what they're doing. And you're just trying to figure them out so they can be the best kid that they can be. But more than that, you want them to be the kid you know they already are. And the one that you see peeking through the holes sometimes, and you wish the world could see them that way. That's who I kind of write about and try to support. Um, And I also just want the grownups to know that they're not alone. Because as you said, like, the world can be messy and it can feel really lonely and you're the only one going through this. Mm-hmm. And I used to think I was a terrible parent, um, for the first seven years of parenting. And so I don't want anyone else to feel that way. So,
0: yeah. That's yeah. I to. And I, um, you know, I have a, I have a kid like this that, you know, is, is so magical and has a really hard time in traditional education. And, you know, there's just takes so much advocating and, and working to be able to, to have people see them the way, the way that you see them. Absolutely.
1: yeah. It can yeah. be really exhausting, and it can also
0: feel really lonely sometimes, so. Yeah, yeah, and I appreciate that you told me you have a community, um, a free community. Tell me what that's called again. I do. I'm joining.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I have actually a couple of free support groups. And when you go to Lemon Lime Adventures on Facebook, all of the groups are linked to my Facebook page. So that's the easiest way to get to them. But Support for Sensory Needs is my group that's for anyone that is trying to support a child who has sensory needs. And the hint is that all children have sensory needs, but Mm. the ones where their sensory needs are taking over their day and making it hard for them to be successful from a day-to-day basis. And then I also have a group called Surviving the Storm. And that's actually for parents who have children who can be, as we're calling them, stormy. So they're Mm. really explosive. And then that that toll that it takes on the kids and the siblings and your marriage and your friendships and all of that. And so just having a support system and a non judgmental way. Yeah. And then my final group is for parents of children who are anxious or worried. And so that's what's getting in their way of their day.
0: Great. Great. That's so wonderful. That's so wonderful. I know parents, you know, you can feel like you're in just, you know, you're at home and nobody understands and nobody goes through this just the same way that you do. So I I love to hear about those support systems that you're offering and, and I'd love to hear a little bit about, um, you know, I have this amazing book, the super kids activity guide to conquering every day. And you started telling me, but we didn't get to finish, you know, how, you know, the spark came for this book. And I know it didn't begin the way it, it ended up, um, ended up <laughs> being. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit about that.
1: Okay, well, this book, like we were talking about, it started out completely different. I got on the phone with a publisher a friend had connected me with, and they wanted to hear about my first book, Sensory Processing 101. So I told them about it. And they said, well, I don't really know about another about a sensory book. This is really... Uh, specific. And I said, no, 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 I don't, I don't want a book for, for people who know about sensory. I want a book for the world that doesn't know about sensory kind of like a bridge. So it started out as 101 sensory activities for all kids to be the, their awesome self or something like that. Yeah. like a really long title that was clunky. And, uh, so it wasn't until I sat down in front of a blank screen. I had my list of 101 activities I was going to cover and, I started to write and I realized I didn't want to write to the grownups. I wanted to write to the kids Mm. and I wanted them to understand what was happening in their body and in their brain. And I also wanted them to get that peek into why we as grownups have such a struggle with the things that they're doing. Mm -hmm. So I kind of wanted that back and forth. So every activity actually has like this kind of tongue in cheek section called the train your adult section and I actually had to fight my (laughs) publishers to keep this one in and but it's been really fun it's where I talk about the the neuroscience behind what's happening or you know and I teach the kids the big words behind the struggles they're having or why they're so disorganized or why when their parents say or grown-ups I like to say grown-ups because it's for everyone not just Parents, but yes, um, you know why? When you say clean up, a child's like, "Absolutely, I already did clean up." Yeah. You know, we have a different view of what clean is, and so I explain that to the children. Or, I bet your parent, your grown up, um, often tells you to take a deep breath. You know, and I tell them that's something that is taught in grown up academy. You know, but what they don't know is that you don't know how to take a deep breath. So here's some exercises so that you can learn how to take a real deep breath that's going to help you. So things like that, where it's just like playful and fun. And then I use all these really silly words that I do not use on a daily basis, like epic and awesome and stellar.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's so great. And what are you finding, you know, now that the book is out in the world and, um, you know, what kind of feedback are you getting on it? What are the the things that are Coming up? The feedback has
1: like blown me away. I thought that kids would love the pictures um, because it's really bright and colorful. I wanted something, I always hear parents complain that, well, my kid goes to therapy, but they refuse to do the activities or. Whatever it is, they just are like, oh, I can't get my kid to do any of these things. So I knew the kid had to think it was their idea and it had to come from them and they had to be in charge. And colorful pictures are the way to do that. And so I wanted the book to be colorful and lively. So it kind of looks like a comic book in the colors that it has. And, but more than them just loving the pictures. This one parent wrote the other day that her daughter was taking too long for getting ready in the morning and she opened the bathroom door to peek in on her and her daughter was standing in the mirror reciting the manifesto to herself and doing superhero poses and she was saying, I am adventurous, I am unique. I am fierce. Oh. I can conquer the, my day. And the mom just teared up and she said, I just never expected this book to change her the way it is. She's feeling so empowered. You know, and I hear that over and over and over again right now. And I just, every day I, I'm blessed by the people that are giving me this feedback.
0: Oh my gosh. I mean, it kind of sounds like you know occupational therapy at home in a book.
1: It does have a lot of occupational therapy tactics in there um, because I was in the classroom for a long time, so it has a lot of early childhood ideas and just things that I did in my teacher years, but it also has some of the things that I've learned from going alongside my oldest son to occupational therapy and... um, We went to cognitive behavior therapy, and we've been to counselors, and we've had applied behavior analysis. We've had so many different therapies over the years, and so I just am constantly soaking it in and learning as much as I can so that I can teach other people and share what I've learned, but in a non-medical way.
0: Mm. And what um I, I felt like when we were talking earlier, we talked about how this, you know, your philosophy and certainly this book really gives parents and the general community a different view on what we might call the difficult child. Can you can you add yeah. a little bit? Yeah, so I think a lot of
1: times our children are viewed by the behaviors they're having. So maybe they Are having a tantrum in the Walmart parking lot, and you're quick to assume, oh, that parent just isn't giving them enough control or enough stability, or they're letting them do, we're saying yes too often, or whatever. There's always a quick judgment on both the grown-up that's with them, and then also on the child that they're disrespectful or they just need to learn, you know, how to handle themselves and. And instead, when we when we flip that thinking and think, okay, my child is having a hard time and my child's behavior is saying, I need you. So what do they need us for? What skill are they lacking that I can help them with? And that's where the Super Kids Guide comes in because it tells them that, hey, you're awesome, you're fierce, you're adventurous, but kids that are creative, they also struggle with organization yeah. and with planning and with their working memory. So here's some activities that can help you boost the things that you might be struggling with. And I talk a lot about how even rock stars are struggling with this. And even, you know, scientists who are preparing to send someone off to the moon, they struggle. Mm. So taking the fact that these larger than life people have struggles and putting it in perspective that we all have things that we're really, really good at and things that we're not so good at. And we just have to be honest with ourselves about both of those. When parents and grownups and the world can see these kids' behaviors as more than just a misbehavior, I mean, it just feels like our world would be such a
0: better place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what are, um, what are some practical things that, you know, just these kind of tried and true practical things to do, let's say when you're out in the world with your child and, um, you know, and they're having a big emotion and they're having a tantrum, um, you know, what, where do we begin? Where do, where does a parent begin? Yeah, so I I would probably
1: say that if you're out in the world and your child's having... a a tantrum or a big emotion out in the world, then that moment is not the teachable moment. That moment is the moment where we've got to stay as zen as possible to get through it (laughs) and know that our child's not doing this against us. So when my child, um, he can have really big emotions and he can scream really hurtful things like I hate you. And when he says those things, I just repeat after myself, I need you, I need you. He's telling me Mm. that he needs me. Mm -hmm. So I try really hard to be present for him as hard as it is. And there are times that I'm not perfect, of course. And so I try really hard to remember that to get us through and then use the calm times to teach, okay, the next time this happens, I notice that when we go to loud places, you get really upset. You know, what do you think is happening? And then they might be able to say, oh, well, I really was thinking we were going to do this and then we didn't. Okay. Well here, let's use this visual schedule. Let's use this chart to help us, you know, track what we're going to do for the day. So just having that conversation really helps. That's a good place to start. Looking at what's happening behind the behavior, there's always a reason why they're doing what they're doing. Yeah. And so looking at, at it from that way and stepping back and also like having the, you know, being okay and giving yourself Space to step away; that it doesn't have to be solved right this moment, and you don't have to be the one in charge right this moment. Let's get through this, and then let's help them for the future, like the next
0: time this happens. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense, and it make it reminds me of what you said earlier prior to um, prior to recording, which was that you're getting feedback that that this book is helping the parents as much, if not more than the kids. Why do you think that is?
1: I think that it's such a different way of looking at children. I think Mm -hmm. it's such a different way of looking at these struggles that we have, these battles. You know, I, like I said before, I fought with my mom growing up because we were so different. Mm -hmm. And if we had this kind of guide or toolbox that could say, hey, this is why they're doing this, or this is why she wants you to do this, you know, then, because I kind of talk about, like, one of the activities is uh, to teach children space, um, personal space, and a lot of times as grown-ups, we see two kids or one child who's always running into other kids or pushing kids, touching other children, and you think, man, this kid is just mean Mm -hmm. and but if you shift that mindset and you think okay there's got to be a reason this kid cannot keep his hands off of people I wonder what it is and in this activity I talk about that shift and seeing that differently and in that train your adult section I say you know it really drives your grown-ups crazy because they're worried someone's going to get hurt so you have to know that when you keep pushing and touching other kids you're going to probably hear your grown-ups yell at you. Mm. You know so here's why. And then but if we can learn our personal space, then everyone's going to be happier and plus everyone's safer. And so then there's a fun game that goes with it. So I think the reason it's hitting home with so many grown-ups and adults is that they're like, I would have never thought of it that way. I would have just thought like, I need to teach my child to not hit. That's what I need to do. And seeing it as a personal space issue or seeing it as a lack in a skill. They're like, wow, this is pretty simple. And it's, you don't have to have a lot of crazy materials. Everything is basically in your home already or at the dollar store. And a lot of the activities use your body and that's it. So it's just really practical ways that maybe you just weren't thinking. It's just a a tiny shift. So I'm not even stretching you that far.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I feel like your work that you do and my work goes together so much like peanut butter and jelly, because in order to be able to be curious in that moment, you know, that, that practice of mindfulness, that slowing down, that practicing the pause that, you know, getting to know our internal thoughts and, um, being able to, to be in our own bodies is so, um, foundational to be able to do what you're asking parents to do in the moment. Um, they just feel like they go so well together. I agree. I
1: agree. I can't wait to read your new book. <laughs> I am very excited. I'm really
0: excited. I'm very excited about it too. And you know, I, it's, it's funny as I've gone on my journey, you know, what is, what, what is, what is it that I have to offer, you know, parents and the world, um, that's really unique and special to me. And, um, you know, I love these conversations about mindful parenting and conscious parenting and, and all the work that you're doing and, Um, you know, and I find myself really getting pulled over the years, you know, in all these different directions, but then I always come back to, Oh no, Michelle, like your work is to do that, like underneath the ground, like Mm -hmm. underneath the levels work and offer that to parents so that they can find you and find, you my teacher, Dr. Shafali, and, you know, all these different people that are doing this amazing work in the world. Um, you're going to help support them to be able to access it more and more and more.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I always say that we have to look at ourselves and our own triggers and we have to take, fill our own cup, you know, yeah. all of those. things. And I think that that is some of the things that people are reading through the lines of the book that I never expected them to, to yeah. do, because it's definitely not a book written to the parents at all. Um, but it seems to be hitting some of those spots, just like you're saying, and and they're opening up a lot easier, but they have to be Ready for a different way of looking at their kids?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think that you know it's often you know when I was reading through some of the different um, activities and you know that train your adult section and really in reading that it, it it's you know it's helped me to think about you know my son in different ways. Just like you're saying, you know, you kind of feel like you're reading it through the child's eyes a bit, mm-hmm. and um, and I think that's where we often miss because you know, as (laughs) grownups, you know, we have so much, so much more context, you know, our context Mm -hmm. is so different. The things that matter to us are so different, you know, and where kids are, it's, it's just a lot more narrow. And I don't mean narrow in a negative way, but it's much more simple um, to children.
1: Okay. So we were talking before the recording about how we both kind of have gone this same path, and our children have gone to psychiatrist and psychologist and therapist out the wazoo. And like you said, children see things so much simpler, and we always want to make it a little bit more difficult. Kind of like this bird's eye view of this is what your child's doing, and this is this is why they're doing it. But instead, if we just kind of go down on their level and see it. Walk in their shoes just like a child, and I think because I was a misunderstood child myself, I can kind of put myself in their shoes for a little bit and speak it from their side and say, "I think this is what's happening like I think they're overwhelmed right now you know I, and, and in a very simple terms
0: mm-hmm. I love that and um, I'd also love to go into some of the kind of the bigger topics that you hear you know what are the what are the big Overarching themes that you tend to parents tend to come to you for, or that you notice parents mentioning um, on your Facebook groups. Um, you know what? What are kind of the overarching pieces of support that you find parents are looking for? And then I would love you know we can't answer all of them obviously, but if you could speak to a, a couple of them, like where you would have parents begin.
1: So I have a lot of people that come to me because their child is explosive or angry because I write a lot about having a child who has big emotions and they're not sure why, where it's coming from, if it's their parenting. And I have a lot of resources on my blog and in the Surviving the Storm um, Facebook group. And then I have a lot of parents that come to me and they're not sure why their child's sensitive or why they are refusing to go to school or they're having these meltdowns or tantrums. And they're not sure if it's it's bad behavior or if it's something more. And so a lot of times they're just looking to see what's going on. And a lot of times there's an underlying view of sensory um, being a piece of the puzzle. Mm. And so I usually point them to our, our support group. And I write a lot over on Lemon Lime Adventures about sensory and parenting a child who has strong sensory needs or has sensory processing disorder even. Mm. And uh, my first book, Sensory Processing 101, was written with the team at Inspired Treehouse. And they are an OT and PT. And then I go at the book from a parent and educator side. So Mm. they speak um, what it looks like when it's healthy and unhealthy, your sensory systems. And then I look... I talk about what it looked like in the classroom and what it's looked like at home. And so I kind of show the, we, we show all sides of what it could look like for all children, okay. Um, but mostly the children who struggle. Um, and then I also have, you know, people that just want quick and easy ways to connect with their kids. You know, mm-hmm. we focus so much on, Oh, this is wrong or this is not going well, or I'm in the trenches, but in the same time, we need to be able to connect with our kids so we can build those positive interactions. So I have so many people that have come to me for that. They are looking for just a quick and easy way to get in the kitchen with their kids or do a fun experiment with them and just kind of help their kid think outside the box
0: in a creative way. Mm. And so you know, let's say there's a parent listening to this and they listen because they noticed the title and they thought, God, maybe that's my kid. Maybe that's what's going on. Um, is is OT, and not everyone has that available to them, um, and insurance sometimes covers it, I know, and sometimes doesn't. Um, is that kind of, if, if that's available, would you say an OT assessment is a great place to start if people can do that? I-
1: yeah, I think that um, if they can a great place to start is a going to your child's pediatrician and saying, you know, getting an asking for a neuropsych or an OT and then having, you know, insurance or an insurance referral and go through that way. But if you're if you're really at the very beginning, joining these Facebook groups can be super helpful. And a lot of times our children, you know, Aren't outside the box yet. Like they're not so far outside of the box that they're not surviving every day. And that's kind of the line I draw in the sand. People will ask me, well, how do I know if it's bad enough to go and get outside help? And, you know, if your child is really struggling to get through the day, that's when you definitely want to get some outside help. But if you're trying to decide if it's, Something you can do at home to make your help your child be more successful. Then I would suggest one of the groups I mentioned before. There's a free group that goes with the book as well. It's called the Super Kids, um, the Super Kids Movement, because the book actually turned into this movement I wasn't planning on, and um, a lot of the parents have joined that. And instead of saying, "Oh, I'm so tired" or "Oh, I'm so frustrated," the sentences all start out, "I really." Um, I'm struggling to help my child conquer X, Y, Z. And so it's all in this positive light, which is such a breath of fresh air. Yeah. And everyone is, they come in and say, my kid's so awesome. I mean, that's the first sentence is, my kid is adventurous. My, we have like a thousand people that filled out this form for us. And whenever I'm in a bad mood, I just go read it because they had to tell me the one thing they love most about their child to be able to get into the group. Mm-hmm. And It's just the most, like, we don't hear a lot about, like, all the wonderful things our children are doing. We hear about their struggles. And so that's what I've loved most about the whole Super Kids movement is just we're hearing about the positives,
0: So, you know, what what I'm reminded of as I'm listening to you is this growth mindset, you know, the Carol Dweck's work where, um, you know, it really sounds like what you're getting parents into is moving more from this fixed mindset of something's wrong with my child to like, what are the possibilities?
1: Absolutely. That's exactly
0: what's happening. That's a really good analogy. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's really beautiful. Um, and we are just about out of time. So I really want to uh, make sure our listeners know how to reach you. We've talked a lot about your Facebook groups. Um, there's the super kids activity guide to conquering every day, which is on Amazon right now. Anything else you'd like to share? Um,
1: you can reach out to me and message me on lemon lime adventures, the Facebook page. And we also have a store of sensory needs. It's our- a store for children with sensory needs and you can get chewable jewelry and fidgets and things like that. Just if you're looking for tools and that's called project sensory. So you can find us there on Facebook as well, or at the website. Um, But I'd love for you to just join one of the
0: free groups and come over for support where you need it. Great. Great. Well, thank you, Dana, for being with us today. And I'm really happy we got to introduce you to our listeners. Oh, it's been wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you. We're going to say goodbye. May you meet this moment fully. May you meet this moment with kindness towards yourself and others. Thanks for listening to Mindful Parenting in a Messy World with Michelle Gale. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share our podcast with a friend and give us some stars in a favorable review at iTunes.